Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Teach Me Pokemon, the podcast. I'm your host, Corey, and along with my co-host, Jared, we're best friends, been playing Pokemon for a very long time. Pokemon trainers of the Kanto region, Jared. Did I say it right? No, Kanto. I said it. I said it wrong again. I hate, I hate myself. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Teach Me Pokemon podcast, where I will someday get the names of the regions correctly. Before we get rocking and rolling, I got to give a shout out our our sponsor, Jared Stray Collections with a Z YouTube channel. Uh, he opened a. Japanese box shining treasures he opened two of them this is his latest video uh, do you do you know what big pokemon was in that set jared in japan i mean i feel like the easy answer is always a charizard but i could be way <laughs> off or or a mewtwo or mewtwo sounds good you're wrong on both ends this was the <laughs> gardevoir ex set oh. in japan so there you go i don't know what else was in shining treasures they have different names obviously than our sets but uh but yeah he uh uh ben is his name he opens the bo two boxes really cool video give it a watch shining i'm sorry stray collections shining treasures stray collections is the youtube channel give him a follow give him a like hit the bell all those fun things all right dude you ready you ready for this next episode here for with us? I, I'm I'm ready. Like, it's just been a weird like lull. Like, there's not been a major tournament since yeah. Portland. Yeah. And it's not that the tournaments have been super far away, but now we're moving. We're going west coast to east coast. Yes, Mr. Corey. Always a tough travel there for west coast to east. Absolutely. Coast. Yeah. The, well, other, the other side of the Kanto region. The other side of the Kanto region. Kanto region. <laughs> I can't even say it right after you say it. Uh, well, what we're gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna preview the Charlotte regionals, and then like we always do every episode, we have our teaching moment for all our up and coming Pokemon players out there. And maybe you're a seasoned pro and you need some, you know, it's okay, Jared, to always go back and get some coaching. You know, I mean, even Michael oh, Jordan yeah. had a coach. You know, Absolutely. I mean, you know, the Tennessee Titans our producer's favorite team, they need a coach right now. And I don't know if it'd be a Pokemon coach, but it might be a, an NFL coach, hopefully. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Well, let, 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 let's uh, jump into Charlotte. What, what, you had a good question. You had some good questions for us today. What, where do you want yeah. to lead us here? I'm, I'm curious, in your opinion, how much you see the meta changing from Portland to Charlotte. Will it change at all? We talked a lot in our last episode, okay, Charizard and Giratina are at the top. What looks like a good counter to that? What's your guesses? But I, I'm just wondering, like, usually when tournaments are happening outside of the U.S., if a tournament, the tournament is happening in the U.S., 
I imagine you look a little bit, but there, there's been nothing. It's been radio silence since Portland. Mm. So what does that mean for seasoned players, new players going into the Charlotte regionals? No, that's a great question. And I think we are what? We're, when did Paradox come out? Was that like a month? ago or a month and a half ago maybe Maybe, a little bit longer maybe longer i I think we're gonna see something different in charlotte for the fact that like when paradox came out we were like regionals 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 and people were like iron hands and is roaring moon gonna be a thing oh it's not gonna be a thing but now there's some time and i think players are taking that new set and they're gonna tweak some things because if you look at Portland, and I was just to tell you what the top four was, you probably wouldn't know this was January of 2024, right? If I were to mm-hmm. tell you, Lost Tina, Lost Tina, Mew, Gardevoir, you'd be like, uh, <laughs> are we in the beginning of the season? Where are we? So I do think this will see some changes and maybe some spicier decks because players have had more time off to think about these things. And kind of like we use the analogy in Portland where it's on a coast and maybe a lot of Portland people, this is the only tournament they can go to. Charlotte, also on a coast, the other coast. Now, there's more tournaments they can get to, right? Charlotte players could could get to Florida really easily, can get to Knoxville, places like that. But I think some Charlotte players, they may only come to two or three regionals, so they might come with something a little bit spicier. That's my take. Oh, okay. That's my take. That's interesting because I, I was not anticipating you saying that. I thought you would say... We're going to see more of the same, maybe some small tweaks, but you're anticipating a little bit of a shift. Is that shift targeted at the top decks then? I think it's targeted at the top decks. I, 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 now, don't get me wrong. Do I think there's going to be like tons of spice like in the top eight? Probably not. Not even maybe the top 16. But I think you give players this long off, they start getting really creative and they see stuff live and they're practicing with each other and their teams are theory crafting. So, you know, you have Lost Tina that starts to bring out the other Lost Box variants that perform well against Lost Tina. So I think those typically do well. And then because those are in the format, maybe more played, uh, my sneaky deck that I will reveal later, I think makes a way into this regionals. Oh, okay. No, I like that a lot. This is this is much better. I was expecting the same old, same old. Because, no. You know, we had Nick on the show, and we've been we've been pretty good about guessing what our top decks are, what people are running. Um, but I guess that's my next question: is yes, there will be a response to the top decks, in your opinion. But are the top decks, in terms of percentages, really going to change in Charlotte? Oh, like as far as like Charizard being most yeah, played. Yeah, are, are we still going to see the Charizard and the Giratina and the Gardevoir and sure. Miradon and or Myrodon? I don't know. Are, I thought it was Miradon. Is it Miradon? You might, you might be right. Uh, I need a, I, I need a phonetic spelling or a speaking sheet in front of me. <laughs> but what, what do you think about that? Are the top decks going to reshuffle, change, or are we going to see more of the same? I, I think most played deck will probably still be Charizard. I think it is a fun deck to play. I think it, it's consistent in the way that it can go second and do the battle of VIP and you got the Pidgeot. And I think Azul has shown that this deck can obviously do very well and there's obviously other players that play it and play it well. So I think Charizard still, and it's Charizard, right? That's just that card, that Pokemon will always be epic in the game and anytime you can sneak it in there, it's like, oh, Charizard. I'm a new player to the game. I'm going to play Charizard. So I think... Charizard still maintains the top spot, but I just I see those three 
Lost Box variants, the three being Tina, uh, uh, Sablezard, and then your like speed Lost Box, the one that kind of would, you know, in the past, like the Dragonite, the Raikou. Yes. Uh, I see those three being very heavily played here. And if you were to take all of them, I think Lost Box is most played if you consider all three of those variants. I think out outperforms Charizard for like most played in this world. Wow. Well, that's interesting because we've really, apart from Lost Tina, have seen Lost Box fall off a lot. Not mm-hmm. not out of the top 10, but definitely it's farther down the list now. What do you attribute that to? For for which one? For if, for the other Lost Box variants. What has kept them from performing and, and being run as some of the top three decks? Well, I, I think Charizard plays really well into the, into those decks. But now that you've seen Tina come up, I think mm-hmm. Lost Tina plays well, obviously, against Charizard. But I don't think it's the strongest Lost Box variants in those mirror matches. I think the Reshizard is, is still probably the best one. Um, Sablezard, not Reshizard. That was an old one. I was like, yeah, that's a throwback. Sorry, that's a, lot... <laughs> man, that's a throwback. Hey, get Reshizard out there. <laughs> <laughs> that may not do. That may not do. I played that guy at, at, at NAIC in day two. He was from another country, and he was on Reshizard, and I was on that Weezing spread deck, and he was not happy. Not a happy camper. <laughs> uh, no, it uh, <laughs> Sablezard. And then that speed uh, Lost Box text, I think still performs better um, against uh, mm-hmm. Tina. So that's what I'm saying is, is I think those now creep up because Lost Tina is the deck that's like, I mean, it finished first and second. Like, you have to, you have to recognize it. You have to plan for it. That's why I think that comes out okay i i really am wondering my my big wonder for top decks going into charlotte is is will gardevoir be as present as Mm. it has been sure i i i don't think mu genesect will go anywhere until the rotation i've it's like betting against tom brady like (laughs) just stop it's it's gonna be there like let's let's let that go yeah but I, i if I if, if I had to take a guess, I think Gardevoir might drop into that sixth, seventh, eighth, mm. because I think people have to see that it's just not performing, that it is very tie based, and even Tord has left it in the dust. <laughs> like if Tord has left it in the dust, yeah. you should leave it in the dust. And, but the hard part is like it's still consistent. It still can get you that those wins. Yeah. We still are seeing it in top cuts. Yeah, but. I I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical of Gardevoir going into Charlotte. I would not personally run it. I I, I as being somebody that has run it, and maybe that was a boo boo. It should have run Snorlax stall. Uh, I it just will always be a good fallback for what you said. The the consistency, the matchups. It doesn't really ever go into a matchup where you're just like, oh okay, I scoop. You know, it, it it's gonna give you. 50-50 or favorable. If you can get the setup with the Mirage step, you're probably already then, now you're 60-40 in those matchups instantly, no matter what you're up against. So, you know, I, I, it's just always going to see play. But I don't think it's ever going to be the top performing deck, but I don't think it falls out of top five. I think you're being a little drastic there. It wouldn't, you think it gets a sixth or seventh? I mean, if you if you look at what's below it currently, uh in in past tournaments like yes if you're saying lost box is coming up if we believe i think it could drop to six or seven mm. um this tournament and that would be a pretty big drop going from uh let's see a, a pretty large share in uh portland to let's take a look here 
yeah, it was nine, almost 10% of day two um, in there. And then lost zone was right behind it. And then the next one drops to 6%. So yes, it would be a really big drop off if we're talking day two for it to go. Yeah. But as I'm about to ask you, there are some decks that are on the rise a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I have some expectations for going into this tournament. Okay. So yeah, that that would be my big thing. I don't think Tina or Charizard are going anywhere from one and two. I will be surprised if the day two and day one Gardevoir is in the top three. I think it drops six or below. I yeah, I mean I hate to be like the, the middle ground. I don't think it's top three, but I bet you it's four or five. I don't think it's out of the six. I I bet you a pack it's not out of top five. I'm telling you, people are are looking at what's about to rotate out, Corey. And they're, they're like, we can not. only do we can only do this for a little longer. <laughs> and they're going to be wanting to try some other things that aren't going to be hit as hard by it. I don't think they're looking at the format changing <laughs> yet. I, I <laughs> give it another month and a half. I I, I don't know if that's on the horizon quite yet. Like I I won Charlotte Regionals with a post rotation deck. Like <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. I, I, I often wonder that. If you know what's about to be rotated, do you start practicing without it? It's probably not the smartest thing, but inevitably it is a thought pattern of some people. Probably sure. the people with me at table 350 to 500. <laughs> but it is but it is is what it is. Hey, man, what you running post-rotation, huh? <laughs> I, I'm running that now. I'm, it's like lift. It's like running with weights on your ankles, running <laughs> running post-rotation at when it doesn't have to rotate you see, yet. You see that turn, turn you go second you know you play arvin and they're like well here comes the battle vip and you don't play it you're like what are yes, you doing <laughs> i don't play that i don't i'm post rotation man <laughs> yeah you'd be dead you'd be sunk you'd be done you'd be, you'd be done yeah well here's here's where i want to go now uh we, we've been seeing some decks creeping up uh in in kind of this meta that we've been talking about where there's you know, it, it any day two has about 15 to 16 uh, types of decks. But I'm curious, like, what do you think we're going to see more of in day two? What not maybe not win the tournament, but what decks in your mind are like, I'm looking for this to perform better. I think it will perform better. Give me a couple of those. I got a couple of those in mind, too. Uh, OK, so this is what we think will perform better, not our sneaky deck. No, this is not your sneaky okay, pick. Okay, this is okay, like okay. looking at the meta. What's 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 making what's making a come up? Like, sure, we've seen Italian, yeah. Urshifu make make runs and then fall away. Yeah, what's what's making a, a little bit of a higher run in this tournament? Well, I mean that that you took mine. I mean that's what I was gonna say. I <laughs> I, I think Italian Urshifu may, and I think I called that for Portland, and that did not quite happen. I think that happens here for sure. Like it was fourth at portland in day one and then day two what was it it was it fell it fell down to six i think yeah uh, i think it performs give me the opposite give me the inverse i think it's less in day one maybe it's like a sixth or seventh um percentage but i think it jumps in day two i think better players are going to pilot Intellion urshifu and i think it can navigate a field that has more lost box in it than not and so Give me that deck to have, uh, and I'll give you some numbers. I'd say day one, uh, 7%. We'll say 6% in, in day one. But then day two, I think it has like a 10% conversion. Wow. Rate. I think it yeah. jumps that. I think there will be better players playing it, and the matchups will be better. Not saying it's going to win, but I think it performs better. 
it's a very um as we've seen it over the season a very volatile deck yeah. it can I mean, we're talking about the deck that, correct me if I'm wrong, but won NAIC last year. Yeah, it did. Uh, like, it's, yeah. it's, it's so good. People are messing around some variants. Here's mine. Uh, and this is not my, this is not my uh, sneaky deck. Uh, but this is, this is a deck that I've been watch, watching that I think has a lot of potential. And that's uh, Goldingo. Oh, okay. I think The coin, we, man. We saw it. We saw three decks in the top cut in Portland, and this is the variation that runs the Palkia with the Greninja, has some water energy in there, gives it a, it gives it a little more, you have to worry about more than me just one-shotting you sure. type of options. But I think that that's the type of style that some people are going to take in opposition to the, the Giratina, the Charizard, is I've got to one-shot this thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, what one-shots things right now? Well, Goldengo does, so does Chi and Pal. Maybe we see a little bit more Chi and Pao come up through the ranks. Maybe mm -hmm. some variations on that. But that's what I'm looking for. I Ever since we were talking Paradox Rift and looking at these cards, we saw this card. And I've been waiting for somebody to break the formula on this deck. It's a one energy, has an ability that draws. The health is not perfect, but it's still stage one with a good amount of health that makes your opponent work through numbers. Yeah. I, I want to see, I want to say there'll be a double. I want to see six to seven of this deck in day two in Charlotte. Six to seven. So it, it will have twice as many. Okay. Golden. I want to see, I think there'll be twice as many. I think people, some people are going to work it out. Weakness is not my favorite weakness. It hits into some of the lower, but still a to S tier decks. Yeah. But I, I think you can, I think you can work this out, especially what we're seeing with the cards uh, combos that are preventing the Ionas. I like that. Okay. I can see that. So that's the sneak. Those are your two, Deck or that's your do a Shin Pal one too that you think is got uh, that that mindset. I think either one, but okay. specifically, I'll take Golden Go. Okay, I like a Golden Go. I like a good Golden Go. I think you can mix things up in that deck too. You can add some fun tech cards because you have some space, not a lot of space, but you have some space, and you're drawing like crazy. I love the Milotic Milotic uh, combo where you can't be end or Ionoed. This is like a throwback episode where you can't your deck your hand can't be messed with, so um, you can't be reset stamped. So I think uh, <laughs> that was such a good card. That was probably one of the best cards ever printed. Uh, I, I like your pick, Jared. I like it. Okay. I would probably okay. play Golden Go. I, I think it it's there. Me. Yeah, I, I think like it's it. spicy. I like it. But but beyond that. This was one of my favorite things to talk about. I can't tell you how much joy it brings me to talk about things that are off the radar that are going to be coming onto the radar. Yeah. What is it, Corey? What it, What is the sneaky, spicy deck to watch in for going into this weekend? I, I, I've been debating three of them. Oh! I have three. I'm going to pick one. But then if you ask me the other two are, I'll still tell you. <laughs> I, I think making the comeback this week is going to be Lugia. Wow. I think Maridon is scares it away. And it's I don't think I think Maridon's fallen a little bit. And I think Lugia Lugia's like Lugia's like uh the fish that eats the little fish and it couldn't hang out in the pond. But now the little fish are back, Jared, and that's and that's comfies. And there's gonna be a lot of little comfies swimming around in different types of decks. I think Lugia can make a dent into this format. It's used to playing with Lost Tina, Mew, 
Gardevoir. Those that that is the world that it used to live in, and it and it did well. I think I think uh, Lugia comes back and does well in this tournament. That's my wow. that's my sneaky deck making its comeback here. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but that that deck did not day two in no, Portland. It did not. That it's wow. it's gonna sneak up into this fair. I think a lot of East Coast players play Lugia. I think some of the testing. I'll tell you, you give these guys time. They start testing and they overthink things, and you know they're all looking at their Lugias and their binders because they have them all. Everyone had to have it. I think they're I think they're trying it, and I think that would be my sneaky deck that used to be prominent, no longer is. I think it comes back. Wow, that's that's a hot take. That's I my like take. That. That's my take. Let's like watch that. for that. Watch for that. Not gonna okay. say it has a big share of day one or day two. I'm not saying. I just think it performs well. If there's 40 in the field, I bet you 10 of them, they make day two. Wow, that's, that's performing well. If if, I think they're there. I think they're there. Okay. Okay, uh, give, me, give me one more of your spices, and then I'll throw mine in, and then you can finish up this, this segment. Uh, I, I don't know if you can call it um, spicy, per se, because usually you, when you and I think of spice, it's like something that no one is running anywhere, right? But... If we look back at uh, Kyoto, Kyoto, and we look at seventh place, the the, the Rapid Strike Urshifu with the Iron Valiant. Oh, you like that variant? I like that variant, and I think Iron Valiant is my was my other kind of spice or um, sneaky deck because I do think again, and maybe I'm putting too many chips in the basket of Comfy. But you put Comfies out there, these little decks that like to snipe and lay damage and da-da-da-da, they start making their way because they're like, well, man, I mean, I could even, like, there's potentials to win going turn one. Like, legitimately, I know it'd be very hard to pull that off and have play four Iron Valiants, but it can happen and you can knock out a Comfy and win. So, uh, you know, you can de-evolve the Charizards, all that stuff is still in play. So that was my sneaky deck, my other one for... Charlotte was an Iron Valiant variant, but I like the Urshifu one. I like the Japanese build. Okay, okay, I like that. So you're, I mean, you're, you're all in on Lost Box being there, baby. That's you're, what I'm saying. What I mean, it's my bait. It's my bait out there. A <laughs> lot of confis that landed, then the confis are there, and that brings out the sharks. That's what's happening. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, maybe I'm in trouble because my sneaky pick was uh, indirect. Uh, correlation to Charizard and Giratina being at the top. I, I said this last week, but I found a variant of it perusing online tournaments that it's been performing well that I really like. Oh. Okay, so here's here's here it is. Here's the spice. Here's the Charlotte spice. Everybody, Arceus Reggie Drago, Arceus <laughs> Reggie Drago. Just go look at this. If you're on limit on limitless, go look at tournaments. Go look at the online tournaments, and then I look up what is has the highest winning percentage in tournaments recently. How, how this do, is one of the top three decks. How do I do that? I see most relevant, upcoming, completed, ongoing. How do I look up what's winning? Uh, you can. I had this up earlier. Figure it out. I'm going to keep talking. Okay, keep talking. Uh, <laughs> uh, but 
if you look at the winning, oh, then you can click, then you can click decks, I believe, and look at the. Oh, 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 I see. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Okay, here I am. Yep. So now, now I will say the sample size is not great. It has a 0.26 per share of the online tournaments that are going on. But you look at these lists. I've been looking at the list by All Out Blitzel, Matthew 44, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of, Digging what they're throwing down, man. Uh, first out of a tournament of 130. First out of a tournament. I, I, I feel it, it has answers, Corey. And it's doing the disruption and the path that we did, talked about last week. Did you, uh, did you search by win percentage? I, I looked at a lot of things. I looked at most popular. I looked okay. at win percentage. Because you're right. The uh, share is very low, 0.26%. Yes. But yeah, that win percentage is second highest on this list. 54 percent only thing beating it is uh mu genesec because i think that's the dte version i if you if you look through this deck list it just it has the answers it runs the giratina v star it it runs gudra it runs duraladon it runs this noivern which you and i off off air have gushed over this noivern to be able to talk Shut down attacks from basic Pokemon. Can't play special energy or stadium. Like you, you're Corey. You're a, you're a refined man of Pokemon that loves options. Sure. This deck gives you options. So this is my sneaky pick. Not a soul may run this. I'm thinking about running this at uh, league. I think <laughs> this is just the best. I love this. I think this could be a super interesting deck. All right, man. I'm with you. I, I'm also like a little um. I'm a little salty here. You know, I, I searched the Snorlax stall and it looks at people who've won tournaments recently. I won a tournament. I don't see my name on here. So I'm a little, uh, I'm a little perturbed. I'm a little <laughs> perturbed. I don't know why I'm not showing up on here, but uh, that's fine. Uh, okay. I, I like that. I think the Reg, the Reggie Drago, Reggie Drago, is that how you say it? Reg Drago? Yes. Always has been enticing to me because you get so many options when you discard the dragon type. For our listeners that don't know, it it can copy any move from a dragon type Pokemon that's in your discard pile. And it's what? Two fire and a grass or grass? Two two grass and a fire. Two grass and a fire. uh, The Reggie Drago EX. So uh, gives you options, man. And and I also don't like how Pokemon Live does it. it. When it does the move, you don't know which move it did. Like, you know how much damage it did, but you're like, was that the Gudra move or was that another move? So I'm like looking through their discard pile, like, what can do 190 here or what can do 200? It's always so confusing. But, uh, no, okay, man. I like that. It has a good win percentage. Dang, I like your, I like your spice better than mine. That's a good one. I'm just saying that, that is, that is where I think, uh, that is at. But as, as we move into what we want to talk about, um, which is going to be coaching, a coach would probably talk me off of this. Probably. So just, just throwing that out there. But yeah, as we, as we transition off of talking about Charlotte and we want to focus on what our education is today, Corey sent me uh, some, some articles and some texts the other day. Usually I'm the one that comes up with what the education moment is. And I was like, no, I think this is, this is really great. Yeah. So what we want to talk about here in our educational part of the show is coaching. Yeah. Because uh, if if you're unaware of this, if you didn't know, there are a long list of A-list longtime players who are out there whose services are available for you to pick up and then help you 
but I want to, I want to, I, I don't know if our audience knows this, but one of the two of us had a short stint in the coaching game in the Pokemon world. And I'll tell you, it wasn't me and it should never be me. So Corey, tell us, tell us a little bit. Uh, I, I know you didn't do it very long. It was always kind of something you wanted to do. Yeah. Tell us, tell us what that looked like in your experience with that. And tell us, tell yeah. us what it is. Like, what does coaching look like in Pokemon TCG? Yeah, no, you sent me this question and, and for the life of me, and I almost texted, um, I coached a junior, so I was going to text her, and she was a girl, which I think is great. There are not, not as many girls that play Pokemon, so I think that's that was awesome. She was an amazing player. I was going to text her dad because I couldn't remember what deck she was running that we were, like, coaching her up on, and, and I'll explain more maybe why I can't remember it. But, uh, yeah, you know, we're here in Waco, Waco, Texas, so – there's not a lot of coaching options in person. So um, they were using a coach online that they had found uh, that maybe I'll bring up here in a minute, but they were using this person as a coach and it just wasn't, you know, it was fine. They were doing it online and they were using the old Pokemon, uh, the card game online version. And, uh, but they just weren't seeing results and they were noticing that she would get to major tournaments and, and kind of get in her head right after round three, round four. And, and it was like, that was the hard part for the coaching. This, the, her, her, her old coach wasn't doing a great job of that. And I think it more had to play with the fact that they weren't in person. And I'll maybe, maybe it was more than that, but I'll say that. So then they came to me because I was, you know, many on and off stints, Jared. I'm like Michael Jordan. How many times have I retired from this game and come back and play it? So I was coming back at that time. And we were getting pretty back. We were getting serious. We were playing a lot again. And uh, this was like the time of Zorark uh, GX was was the this this point in time. And uh, he asked me, said, "Hey man, how much would you charge? Like, will you meet with my daughter? You know, once a week, we'll meet up at this card shop. The, you know, coach her up. Like, she looks up to you. You know, you you know, I I know I've not I hadn't been playing a lot a lot, but I was coming back and I'm still was kind of known here in Waco at least as someone that that plays in a lot of tournaments." So that's what I did, man. We settled on a price. I, I want to say it was like 50 bucks, I think a session or something like that, 75 bucks, somewhere in there. Uh, we, we'd, do, we'd meet for two hours and we'd go through and I would just, I'd play her with all the other meta decks against the deck that she was, we, we stayed on one deck with, with her. Uh, she knew how to play other decks, but this was like the deck that she most felt comfortable with. And again, it was just a matter of like, in my opinion, in the junior ranks, whoever makes the least amount of mistakes wins. And I think that's probably in masters as well, but specifically in juniors <laughs> because they're both making a lot of mistakes. And it's just, I kept telling her beat, just don't make as many. And if, and if something bad doesn't go your way, like let's be calm and cool about it. Like you're going to win was what I always had to kind of drill under her head was like, you're always going to win. So like be thinking of outs, don't give up on yourself because that was the biggest thing. Don't give up on yourself. So we would play and she, under, I mean, I can't tell you, Jared, she was ready to go. And she had gone to, I think it was a Dallas Regionals was the one before and, and not performed well because she got in her head and like round four or five kind of melted down. And this time we were going to Toronto. I remember this. We, uh, they were going to fly me out there with her. I was going to play as well, but go check in with her in between rounds and stuff. Um, and then that big thing that happened in the world, what was it called? Oh yeah. COVID. And it was just like, I remember they were already there. Her, her dad, her mom, the grandma and her were already in Toronto. They flew up the day before. And then I was like literally walking to my car to drive to the airport. And like 
Pokemon had not canceled that regionals yet. I, it was like the world was shutting down, but that regionals had not canceled. So I was like, let's go, baby. And I was going to my car. And then her dad called me and was like, hey, they just canceled. Like, they're shutting it down. And so I was like, dang it. So that it, it, we never got to complete the journey and the coaching was like, I, we were leading up to that regionals and I was convinced she could have a good tournament. We were prepared. Like we practiced, man, she was ready to go. And that was the hard part is we never got to finish it up. But for my coaching time with her, she made improvements it, again. It was in the junior rank. So you, you, you coach up a junior differently than you would a senior and definitely than you would a master with like in-depth counter plays. And, and, you know, she already had a deck built, so we tweaked it up a little bit, but I didn't want to make it too different. She had to feel comfortable. So I think when you're thinking of a junior and you're coaching juniors, keep them comfortable versus like a master's. Let's look at the meta. Let's see this. What can counter this? And juniors, it's just like, what do you feel good with? You know, let's pick a top deck, but let's just get you really comfortable. So uh, I enjoyed my time. It was good doing it in person. Um, I can see the allure of like the online coaching because it opens up the world to you <laughs> for clients and stuff like that. But it was something about just meeting in person, talking through like, how do you read a player? Like I, I would tell her like, sometimes watch your opponent, like a master's player has tells. Like when I was in San Antonio, couldn't tell you how many times I would just watch a player draw a card and you see their face either light up or, or they're disappointed and you know, okay. Like, you know what's going on. A junior, and you know this, Jared, you, 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 your son's a junior player. They read it all over their face. It's like, <laughs> it's like they top deck the, 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 re, the professor's research. They're freaking out. Like, like so I, I tell her, watch them. Like, if they're getting down or depressed, you got them. Like, you got them, man. And if they're happy, okay, you know, you know you're in a game right now. So that was my approach, and, and I, I enjoyed doing it. Never had done it since then. Um, you know, cause Pokemon kind of shut down there for two years, but, uh, but it was a good experience. I enjoyed it. I, I I'm glad I'm, I'm curious though. Um, two things like, did you feel like it was more strategy coaching? You, you mentioned a few of these dimensions. Is it more strategy coaching mindset coaching? And, and do you think a coach should be able to provide all of these things? I think a good one should. Uh, I think once you know the game, which Pokemon is not a hard game to pick up, it's all about mindset at that point. And even me, I mean, there were several times in San Antonio, and I know that wasn't the best tournament, but I think in the against the decks I played against and the situations I think did well, even though there was a lot of ties. But even some of those some of those games, I was like, I'm not going to win. Like, I'm like, no, that just happened. And then it's like, no, just keep playing. Just keep playing. And then more times than not, I turn it into a tie or I could still, or I win the match. And it's just like, so I think mentally we get in our heads. And I think especially some of these top players, they have advantages in that way because a player sits down and is like, well, I can't beat Azul. So then they're already like in their mind, like they've lost, you know? And I think mm -hmm. you have to stay positive. So I think a coach that might be more than half the battle sometimes is, is the mindset because you're not teaching them. Okay. Attach an energy. Okay. Draw a card. Like most times if they're asking for coaching, they're trying to get to the next level of the game, not like teach me the basics. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point in defining what we're talking about as coaching. Any, any parent, any, anybody out there can help their junior, senior, or their friend learn the basics Coaching is generally this higher level approach to the game for people who are interested in the more competitive side of the game. 
Um, if you're if you're just interested in showing up at league, that's probably your coaching is the people around you. This is for people who are traveling, really wanting to perform their game. In some rare cases, people just want to get better and they can pick up a coach. But I guess that's I guess that's part of my next question and, and discussion is 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 the coaching worth the payment? Uh, I mean, do we have an idea? Have you ever heard of how much they charge for coaching, like some of these no, top coaches? You're you're a little more familiar with that than I am, so I'm very interested to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, I I think it is worth it. Uh, like I said, I mean, when I was going in person, that was like it was either fifty bucks or seventy five dollars a session, and it was two hours. So uh, I have no idea where that holds up with some of these coaches here that we may talk about here in a second. Uh, but these are all online sessions, so I think that's a little different. I, I've I've heard Chip um, talk about this on his podcast. Where like uh, Pokemon Live, because of the time limit, it doesn't allow you to like coach properly. Because if you're sitting or you're online with your client and you're like looking at their hand and then the board state and you're trying to describe different scenarios, Pokemon Live automatically like makes you make a move. Like the timer just starts and that's hard, I think, for coaching, especially online, whereas in person, you got all the time in the world. So I think that's worth more. So it's hard to put a value on it. The only thing I'm looking at here and, and we'll give a shout out to these players. I mean, this, these are like all public knowledge stuff, but like Zach Lesage is is a is a considered on Metafly, Metafy, not Metafly. Is that a Pokemon, Jared? Metafly? Not that I'm familiar with. Beautifly. Beautify? Beautify. 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 On Metify, you can get coaching. And he says, save $35 off your first sesh with him. So that tells me at least it's got to be over $35 (laughs) unless it's it's free or he's giving money to me to be coached. So uh, I I don't know. I mean, you have a kiddo. And if Elijah, your son, was starting to really show – what's the word I'm trying to think of proficiency or like really aptitude in this would, would you one, would you hire a coach and two, what's kind of in your head, like a limit if it was an online coach or versus in person? I, I, I think it comes down to like how serious you are about this, right? Like on some level, if you're traveling to a regional and it's not in your backyard, you're probably, you're probably semi-serious about this or you're just there to enjoy. But if you're serious about the competition part, I don't, I, I don't see what's different from what a lot of kids are doing in mainstream athletics. You, you, yeah, you go to practices, you go to these games, but if you're not with a, a teacher on the side getting better individually, I don't know what you're doing. Like, I don't know that you can expect success. And, and the things, some, I'll mention some of the things that I like about it is one is, uh, I think unless, you know, you are a pokey dad that has had a high level of success in tournaments, which I have not, I can only get them so far, right? Like my, my level of expertise and interest and knowledge in the game is going to get my son so far. So then at some point I have to realize oh, if he really likes this and is not winning and wants to win, that's a goal of his, then yeah, I probably need to start considering a coach um, to help him 
bring the things and maybe I'll sit off to the side off screen and I'll be taking notes for me too. <laughs> I would say you're going to get better coaching out of it. Than oh, you. that's why and, they do that. No. And, 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 but, but I think it goes another level to that. It's not as the fact that you know the game or don't know the game, but it's your kid. Like you try to tell Eli something and he's, he may not listen to you is your, your dad. No, You don't know what you're yes. talking about dad. The coach could say the same exact thing. And he's like, Oh wow, that makes a lot of sense. And you're like, hundred percent. What the heck, man? But that's true. I mean, that is another reason why I think people, parents, would hire coaches. Absolutely. And and I don't think it's universally true. Like, uh, who's the uh, pokey dad that we had on who was oh. making that run in the tournament? I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, I saw that he won another local. He uh, did. I saw that post on Facebook. I want to say like uh, Shane, but that's not right. I, I forget. But his like, name. I I know he talked about playing with his son on our podcast. Yeah. And there are some father, uh, son relationships that are built around that, and that works. Yeah. Right. That works. There may not be a coach needed, but I 100% identify with what you say. Like at some level, it 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 behooves my son more for me to be his cheerleader than his coach. Yeah. Right. And the person that he can run to emotionally yes. versus strategically. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. And I think then the coach knows their job. And I know I, I said like coaching mindset and that is a little different, but if your coach is in tears, if your player is in tears because they just lost, sometimes that's better for dad or mom to, to comfort there and then come back to the coach and say, let's get ready for round five. You can still make top cut. This is what we need to do. But yeah, let the tears go to the parent uh, and let, let that happen. I, I, I'll say the, the, the two aspects that I think coaching now is becoming more prominent is one, the prize money's jumped up, right? So now a player that may, as a master's player, that was always like a far cry of making top cut or even making any money here. Now it's like, oh, shoot, like I'm actually scratching the surface here. Maybe I do need a coach to bounce some ideas off of. So that's a thing. But like I'm looking at (laughs) I'm looking at at my son who's 16 months old. I'm like, hey, I think I can coach you up and you can get and you get college. (laughs) You can get college paid for as long as mom is okay with it. And he's having fun and he's still like, you know, (laughs) like playing sports or doing some other stuff, too. Like I'm like, dang. Like, okay, we just hire a coach and pay him 50 bucks a session, but but my kid can start dominating, and by the time he's 18, Pokemon is paid for college. That's an investment right there. I look at return on investment. That's it. For the right coach, give me that, Jared. Like, I, I want my son. I mean, we both have sons named Eli, but, like, he better be rocking a control deck because a good control player will win juniors, hands down. You just have to make sure they're all playing properly. So <laughs> I want I that. Think, I think for you, you should get a coach because I'm seeing like an Andre Agassi situation here <laughs> where like <laughs> just hates Pokemon, hates, hates his father who's trying to live out his dreams through him and just ends up resenting the entire sport. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking more like of the movie King Richard you know, uh, where Serena and, and, and I'm blanking on her sister's name. Venus, Venus. Venus. I saw the movie, I promise. You know, where he coached them up. And look how many championships they've won. So I, I, maybe I'll have a movie about me at some point. King Corey with uh, Corey. <laughs> kids and Pokemon. Uh, but yeah, no, I was, wait, did you give a price? I, I, did I hear you say a price? No. I. What would I've, you pay, Jared? Um... I, know, I know you like a budget. I do. You'd like I a do. good budget. 
I, I think it would come down to the, like, I would want to hear a coach pitch to me based on what he saw from an initial meeting with my son to say how often, and then pitch me a price. Because the way that I look at this is like sports are expensive, right? But for Elijah and I right now, it's the cost of going to league every week, which is $8. Yeah. Right. Cause he's a junior and sure. I'm a, and, and so, you know, we grab a couple packs after probably it runs us like 70 bucks a month right now to do Pokemon. Well, that's cheap. If you could get your kid into something every week and you're traveling on top of that and doing things, 70 bucks a week is a steal. So if you tell me uh, it's a two hour meeting once a week for 50, 60 bucks, I probably, I probably, I, I'm, I'm in for that because I think it it's still a deal compared to, oh, I, I'm walking this kid over to his hitting coach sure. or his pitching coach or in, in any other sport. Can I ask you another question? Yes. Now, okay, let, let's have two scenarios. Let's say Elijah is enjoying Pokemon, but his performance is not getting better. Do you keep the coach? And then, and, well, hold on. And then the other question is, let's say he's hating it. I'd say hating it. That's a strong word. He's like, you have to kind of drag him to Pokemon. But dude, he's he's winning. Like he's he is winning, and you're like, got to keep it up. Like, so what do you do in both scenarios? As far as do you keep the coach and keep him going? I, I think I think the first scenario is more of a conversation with a lot. I think both of them are, but it's like, hey, like, uh, do you do you want to do better? Like, if he's if he's committed to learning and wanting to do better, but is just struggling, then I think you have to keep feeding him educational opportunities, mm. right? Like if I see the dedication and I see the enjoyment and I see the commitment, then I think it will eventually pay off, yeah. right? And I also can't imagine a coach sticking with a, a student long-term. I think they would feel guilty about, <laughs> <laughs> about like the returns that are not coming. The inverse, the other one, no, I'm, I'm not that bad. Yeah. Like, the the winning is not important to me at all. Like we've recently, like uh, Elijah hasn't even won a game at league yet. Like not one round. Mm. But every time he comes up to me after the game, it's like, oh, I, I, I took five, four prize cards. Nice. I took five prize cards. Like I'm so I'm so close to winning a game. Oh, that's and, awesome. and and I feel like trash because I'm like dumping a new deck in his lap like an hour before league. And <laughs> like, hey, look look through this. And, Try this. Read the cards. But we've we started collecting as well, and you can probably see some of that mess. Like yeah. my my goals right now, and I probably wouldn't do a coach anytime soon, is just joint enjoyment of an experience together, finding avenues, which is why that we're not we're going to Knoxville here at the beginning of February, but we have spectator passes and we're only doing side events. And our goal is to get as much swag as possible. Yeah. So don't need a coach for that, right? Sure. Like we're not we're not ready to go and jump in and invest an entire day's time in yeah. six rounds, nine rounds. Yeah. Some days I'm not even ready for that. <laughs> so like, yeah, no, I would never, yeah. the winning will never usurp the yeah. enjoyment of, of the game. If it, if it's prolonged, if it's like one, one day you're having a bad day and you don't really want to do it. Well, yeah, you got to suck it up. Sure. If it's a month, two, three months of, Hey dad, I don't really do this anymore, even though I'm really good at it. Mm. But Hey, like, Let's figure something else out. Let's go join something else. And it would be sad to leave Pokemon, but we would. Yeah, gotcha. 
I don't know if I would, but I hear, I hear you. <laughs> You're winning, Eli. You're winning. Let's keep going. What are you doing? So, so that so let me ask you. Like this, this is a question I want to kind of wrap up on. Is uh, and this is kind of a theme in Pokemon too. Mm-hmm. If you watch the TV shows, like what as you're looking for a coach let's say you're looking for a coach for yourself or for one of your kids what are the most important aspects of that coach that you're looking for is it how successful right are you going like to to straight to azul you're the best mm. is it somebody that is connecting with you or with your kid like give me give me your top 3 things that you want to see in somebody that is coaching you or somebody else Ooh, good question. Uh, I think the first one. I mean, it's it's probably not as cut and dry as this is this, but you you want to have a coach that is probably shown success or has like an aptitude for the game in some way, shape, or form. And so I think that does matter. You know, I'm looking at and and I want to I want to ask one final question too after this one. But I'm looking at these like top seven coaches, and they're all very quick, except for like one. Well, I guess they all say this, but like they start kind of with their like accolades, like pick me as a coach because I am a finalist or I've won this or I've done this. And so and I do think that matters to an extent. I think there are amazing players that have not won and don't because they don't get to play as much. They're not grinding like 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 Azul, like he's a perfect example. That's a guy that plays all the time. Right. So the odds are he's going to be in more tournaments just naturally. Uh, But I do think there are really good players that don't play as much that would give good coaching advice. But at the end of the day, like for if it's for me or for my kid, like we want to win. And I want someone that knows how you handle getting into top, top eight, like the, to top cut, do you need to ID in the end? Do you play it out? What are the strategies there? Cause if they, they've been there, they should know that. And then in top eight, what are you doing now? It's like a best, you know, it, the, the game, does it slow down? Does it speed up? Are you nervous if on stage? If you're on stream, does, is the table different? Like how does all that matter? And if they've never done it, it's hard to like coach up on that. So I think that would be my first one is like experience and, and how well they've done. But I do think personalities are important. Um, if you don't jive with your coach, it's like anything. It's like really hard to connect and want to be into it. And so I think the personalities have to have to connect uh, for that coaching session, if it be your kid or yourself. Uh, but then the third one is like, I think you want someone that does balance you out a little bit. So like if you're a very highly analytical person and you love to like construct a deck and you're good at it, maybe you need to hire a coach that is more about gameplay and, and in the moment, are they good? Versus like maybe you're very, very good to make decisions in games and you're reactive to stuff, but your deck building skills are terrible and you don't know like what's a good tech card to put in. I want a coach that is living and breathing that versus more of like the in-game stuff. So those would be my three things. I think accolades, uh, how you connect with a coach personality type, and then, you know, strengths and weaknesses need to be balanced out. That's a great list. I really like it. What's your last question to close us out, All right. Mr. Corey? All right, Jared, you can pick one coach from this list. You personally. To coach me? You're going to NAIC. You've registered. Okay, this is the Super Bowl for you. Well, this is the champion. This is the AFC championship game. Because if you win NAIC, you're going to Worlds. Come on now. I know you might have a kid being born at that same time. But uh, or <laughs> if we can say that on the podcast. I don't know if we can. 
Anyway. <laughs> Start this section over. Start this section over. Nope. Nope. Ask your, <laughs> ask your question again. Oh, ask the question again. Well, you, you said, you said, you said. I said, oh. I said, I said, I said. All right, Corey, close this out. What is your last, uh, your last question to close out the show? All right. My last question for you, Jared, is you're going to NAIC. You've registered. Okay. Registration is not open yet, but let's say you're going. This is your one big tournament of the year, right? If you win, you get to go to Worlds. You get your ticket. So you, you're going to hire a coach for this big tournament, Jared. For you personally, not your son, not, your, not me, not, not anybody else. This is for you, Jared. You're hiring a coach from this list. Who's it going to be? And I'll read the list because everyone's listening to this. They're not seeing the list. We got Zach Lesage. We got Smart TCG, <laughs> known as uh, Gabriel. Gabe. Is it Gabe? Gabe. My eyes are going. I need glasses. Then you have Tord at number three. Then you have Jespy at number four. For, is, that for, Jess, is that Jesse Parker? Uh, it's his former world champion. Did Jesse? Oh, Jesse not. hasn't won a, cha- a, a, a title. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, Alberto, number five. He's the Tina God is what he says in his description. Then you got Azul <laughs> at number six. And then Cyrus Davis, who we mentioned earlier, won yeah. last year's NAIC former, with yeah. Intellion Urshifu. So those are your seven. Who are you going with? Let's say all the pricings are the same. Who are you going with? I, uh, oh, that's a question, man. Uh, I think I would be uh, between Tord and Azul. Yeah. Because going back on what you said, I view myself as more of a stronger deck builder. Yeah. Like I, I, I live in that space. I feel like it makes sense. And then you put me into a live situation and I clam up. Mm. Like I lose the confidence. My head starts spinning. I start rushing or I start just like getting things done to get things done. So I would need, I, I would need somebody to get me done, uh, to get me done, to get me get calmed me down, just to calm me down and coach me through my mindset. Yeah. Historically, both of these people have performed I mean, you're talking about two of the greatest players yeah. that we've ever seen. Both top um, top four last year at Worlds, and then, I mean Azul was second. Or I'm sorry, yeah. Tord was second. Azul was top four. It's um, I uh, oh man, that is just tough. I feel like the better coach for me would probably be Azul. Because, and I don't know either of them very well, but I feel like he would be harder on me than Tord just seems nice. Yeah. Like he just seems nice. And I need, I need some tough love sometimes. (laughs) So I could just see, I could just see like Azul just like, what are you doing? Like, I don't, and I, he may not be like that. I I have no idea, but I could, I could see it. Like there's this intensity and this thoughtfulness. I think he could help me tweak things up. My only thing is, what do I do when I run into him in the finals? That is and, he true. My, and he knows my deck list yeah. inside and out. That's like, true. That's true. Well, you should know his probably by then, too. I mean, I, I don't think he'd tell me. I don't think that's part of the coaching <laughs> agreement. Like, not, you can't run the same 60. The master does not tell the students, mm. you know, what's going on all the time, you know? like. Well, I uh, watched you on a Machamp deck take down a Gengar 
a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And that was the most impressive match I've ever watched you play. And in, in and I've probably seen you play 3,000 games of Pokemon. That, I, hands down, still goes down as one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. So you have it in you, Jared. You could do it. It's there. I need a coach. I'm going to find it. Maybe maybe a future episode we hire a coach for me before a, t- <laughs> before, before a tournament and, uh, and see, see how it goes. And then we can report back on our coaching on Teach Me Pokemon. That would be incredible. I, that will happen. That will happen. Mark that down. Cool. Well, thank so, you for answering my question. That was a, that was a good, good, answer. good answer. Absolutely. So just wrapping this all up, anybody going to Charlotte, enjoy that this weekend. Have a lot of fun. Hopefully weather is not a detriment to you getting to where you need to go from where you're coming. Should be getting better. I'm in that part of the country. We're seeing the temperatures warm up. Uh, and then, yeah, consider coaching. I think the biggest thing is know what your goals are. Not everybody needs coaching. Not everybody wants coaching. But in terms of growing as a player, sometimes you just don't know what these pros know, and they will give you tools and tricks that can help you become a better player. So yep. be looking out. Look, be looking out for that if that's the way that you want to grow. Love it. It's a good word, my friend. Good word. Well, that's going to wrap us up this week for Teach Me Pokemon. Be sure to join us next week. We're hoping to have uh, a guest from a high-placing uh, Masters Division player in Charlotte. We will break down that tournament ad nauseum and look forward to all the exciting things happen here in 2024. Love it. Thanks, buddy. Looking forward to next week. All right. We'll see y'all later. Remember, subscribe, hit us up with reviews, everything. Teach me Pokemon wherever you're listening. That helps us grow. We've got some big things coming later on this year that we're excited to grow and share with you. And uh, I'll see you at League. You can find us at roguemedianetwork.com. Teach me Pokemon podcast. Come and dive with us. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.